Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 15th, 2016. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book and we will begin reading on page 44, the first paragraph in the preceding chapters you have learned. And we'll be reading two paragraphs. The first is for context only. All shares will be focused on the second paragraph on page 44. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Charlie G, 12 Traditions, Nadia B, and our readers of the text will be Terry H, Lisa H, and Martha Z. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 3, March 14th, is 8537. 8537. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Charlie G. to read the 12 steps. Charlie? Good morning, Sally. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, friends. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Alberta, Canada, named Charlie. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Charlie. I will now ask 
Nadia B. to read the 12 traditions. Nadia, star one, we can't hear you. Hmm. <clears throat> Last call for Nadia. Nadia? Well, she must be having trouble unmuting. Is there someone else who would like to read the 12 traditions? I'm here. Can I be heard, Sally? Yes, you can be heard. Is that you, Nadia? Yes. I'm really okay. sorry. Something happened with my phone. No worries. Go right ahead, Nadia. Good morning, everyone. This is Nadia B. Grateful, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought to never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should, re- should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, ought to never be organized, but we may create service boards of committees directly responsible to those they serve. Then, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought to never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Nadia B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify 
as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we will resume our study of the AA Big Book and we will begin today's study on page 44, beginning with the first paragraph where it says, in the preceding chapters, you have learned something. We will read two paragraphs and end with to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to faith. The first paragraph is for context only. Please focus all comments on the second paragraph. I will now ask Terry H. to begin reading. Terry? Good morning. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. Terry H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maine. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness, which only a spiritual experience will conquer. To one who feels he is an atheist or an agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he means disaster, especially if it's an alcoholic of the hopeless variety, to be doomed in alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. And I'm grateful that we're in this chapter, we agnostics, you know, up to this point they've given us um, a pretty clear picture, you know, of my powerlessness, you know, in step one in the previous chapters. Um, I always think about this, um, you know, whether you're atheist or agnostic, you know, I believe I was agnostic, you know, um, for a long time when it came around the food. You know, I, I'm definitely a believer today, but um, I believe it took me... Um, you know, just I just didn't believe that God would help me with the food. And um, I think the beauty of we agnostics is it, it really doesn't matter. Um, I had to ask myself, you know, um, how well how well was it working for me? And um, you know, and I had to be open for another way. Um, and I always think about the page 25, uh, you know, which is, you know, the page of hope, I call it. And it says, if you're seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there was no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best as we could, and the other was to, to accept spiritual help. And it says, you know, it goes on to say, you know, um, we did this because we honestly wanted to and we were willing to make the effort. So I got to the point where, you know, um, all I had to do was just lay aside my old ideas and, um, you know, the set-aside prayer really helped me. And, uh uh, just let go of all the old old ideas of of my thinking that I I could continue this road of insanity because it, that's what it was and um, just to be open to a, 
a true solution to the spiritual way, you know, the spirituality-based way of life um, that they promised me in this book. They were going to give me clear-cut directions and how to get there. And you know, in the previous previous chapters, you know, they they helped me self-diagnose myself. And um, you know, I can think of uh, at least five places where you know um, I can I can self-diagnose myself and. You know, on page 30, you know, I definitely try to prove myself I could eat like other people. You know, on page um, 31, um, you know, I, I definitely couldn't eat my alcoholic foods and stop abruptly. Um, that was another place that they, you know, self-diagnosed. And, um, you know, a couple of other places that I couldn't leave, you know, um, liquor or food in our case alone for a year. And, and you know, right here on, on you know, in this chapter, I definitely, you know, when I want, honestly wanted to, I, you know, I just couldn't stop entirely. And, you know, and when eating, I, I definitely had little control over the amount I took. And um, it's a pretty clear indication for myself what I am. Um, and I know today that I'm a real, real compulsive overeater. And um, I'm so grateful that I had to see my insanity in step one before I could go along with the idea of needing to be um, returned to sanity in step two. So I'm grateful this way of life is um, open for everyone. And um, what I've learned in step two, you know, the principle being hope. And uh, hope, there's hope for everyone. So thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry H. Who else would like to share on this second paragraph on page 44, beginning to one who feels... He is an atheist or agnostic. Katie R. from Boston. Larry. Katie G., I got you. Larry, I heard you there. But there was a mouth. Nessa R. Carol G. Nessa R. Kim G. Kim G, I hear you. Katie G, Kim G, Carol G, lots of G's. Larry, I hear you, Nessa. Nessa R. Janice B. Melissa C. And Melissa. Let's go with those. And we we have a bit of an echo going on, so I'm just going to ask if I could um, clear the line, if I could ask that clear the line and ask you all of you to mute your phones and we'll start with Katie G. I'm not sure we have to mute, but certainly we have to ask everyone to um, mute your phones again. Thank you. Katie G, you're up first and Kim G, you'll be up next. Then Carol G, then Larry, then Nessa R, then Janice, then Melissa. Okay, Katie G, take it away. Hi, Sally. Can you hear me? It's Katie. I can hear you. Go ahead, Katie. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. So blessed to be in this chapter, and um, I love that it starts with the word we, right? Um, so I'm identifying in, and I'm an agnostic, and um, for me, that has meant a lot of more surrenders, right? Um, because I spent uh, a lot of time in the I've spent a lot of time in the rooms, and for me, there have been times when I'm like, yeah, God, you know, you've got the food, and I've got the rest of this. You know, I, I'm going ma- to manage this. I'm going to uh, manage my exercise. And um, this morning, I got a really vivid picture, right? So um, I was driving um, home, and I was shaking. Um, this is less than a year ago, and um, I had hit a bottom again, and my bottom this time was with exercise addiction. I 
um, was trusting God with, with food. I was trusting God in certain areas of my life, and I was not trusting God in other areas. And I was using exercise to um, alleviate the anxiety, the fear, um, the bedevilments that were coming up in my life that I wasn't using God for. And um, praise God, there was somebody on the other end of the line to bear witness to me that, um, and I remember all I knew, and I really feel like this is all I knew at step two, I didn't have some big conception. You know, I was 11 years in. I didn't have some big conception of God. What I was convinced of 110% was that what I was doing was not working. What I was doing had me miserable, hating myself, hating others, and wanting to die. <clears throat> but what's so ironic is it says they're not always easy alternatives to face. So let me be clear. It took me a long time. I was suffering from, you know, a quieter level of addiction for me. It wasn't face down in the food. It was every day lying because of my fears, every day eroding at that very fine connection that I had to God every day, you know, seeing the bedevilment, seeing my emotional sobriety go out the window more and more and more. It was not an easy alternative to face because I didn't know who was I going to be, right, guys? Who was I going to be? Like, I wasn't binging anymore, but who was I going to be if I couldn't define my life on being thin? What if I got rejected by my fiancé, by my job? What if I wasn't thin enough? And I share this because it was just a deeper level of getting to God for me. It was a deeper surrender. And, um, you know, people always joke, and, and I love this, you know, if you have, you know, diabetes and they give you a cure, you follow it. You follow it to the T. And for me today, thank you, God, like I have to follow this program to the T. Entire abstinence, entire sobriety with my exercise. And you know what? Entire and rigorous honesty each and every day. I am doing it with you guys. Uh, messy every day, but clean and clear and connected to God. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Kim G. And Carol G., you'll be up next. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jade. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live in a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. You know, I am always a student, and I found some new teachers, and the gentleman was talking last week about the difference between alternative and a choice. When we have an alternative, it's one or the other. If I have a choice, it means I can do it or not do it. And I love that Terry H. brought us back to the other part of the book where it says alternative. It says it on page 25. We can blot out the consciousness of our intolerable situation or ask for spiritual help. And when I got in touch with that intolerable situation is not being in the food, that intolerable situation is sobriety. I know that I'm a compulsive overeater because of how I feel when I am sober. When I am sober, I am restless, I am irritable, I am discontent, and I have two alternatives, pick up the food or pick up the steps. On page 24, it's, it's pointed out that we've lost the power of choice. So if I got beyond choice, and I've gotten to the point where there's only two alternatives, and if I think I have a choice, that's when I get into that middle-of-the-road solution. You know, I hear this talk about yellow foods, things I can moderately eat at certain times. That is not a choice if you are a compulsive reader of my type. Tools in and of themselves, alone without the steps, is not a choice for someone who suffers like me. Doing the steps only when I'm upset 
is not a choice for someone who suffers like I do. To finish the steps and then I'm done and think that sponsoring is an option, it's a choice, that's not the kind of disease that I suffer from. You know, when it talks about alcoholic death, I have to tell you, my biggest fear is not an alcoholic death. It's living in sobriety or in the food till I'm 95 years old and suffering as a compulsive overeater. You know, and as a recovered woman, I still understand I have those two alternatives. I still understand that, and that's why I seek this desperation with the, with the tenacity of a drowning woman. Because I am convinced of two things right now as I sit here on March 15, 2016, that I have not had a, the wanting to eat for five years, that I am recovered, and I have the ability, and I, no, not, I have the ability, with God's grace, I will be recovered for the rest of my life. I am experiencing permanent sobriety. I am also equally convinced if I take the other alternative and I do not work these steps, I am probably three or four days away from a binge. And that is weird to think both things absolutely, but that's because I know today I only have two alternatives, alcoholic death or living on a spiritual basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Carol G., you're up, and Larry, you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision for you. It's Carol, Compulsive Overeater Recovered for today. I was looking at, uh, well, I was struck by uh, living life on a spiritual basis. What is that? Um, and I had to sit there and think, what is spiritual basis for me? Um, it's the foundation of something like a house or the foundation of a life. And and now I'm going to build a life on a spiritual basis. So my foundation is going to need support. The big book calls it a cornerstone. Why tell me that I have to live a life on a spiritual basis? Because I've tried and failed to live on a mental basis, a physical basis. But me, Carol, is body, mind and spirit. Whatever that means to you is yours. But for what it means to me is that I've come home. I've come home to my physical body. I've been reunited with a long-lost friend. It's been suffering under the lash of the food for years. I've come home to my own thinking. I'm thinking with a clear mind today, something I've never been able to do. And why is that happening? It's because I'm living life on a spiritual basis. And this is a part of me that I can't see, but it needs nourishment too. And when I was doomed back in step one, I remember Dr. Silkwood saying to me, Carol, you can rely absolutely on anything these first 100 alcoholics say about themselves. And as I go through this work, I have to keep going back and checking that. Am I still relying absolutely on what they're saying about themselves? Because there's that word again, agnostic. I can't compute it because I speak English and it sounds like a Latin word. And when I was first given the big book, that all seemed like Latin. And it began to translate itself more and more over the years as I started to work with others. But I've always got my focus on my outside. And now I'm going to look inside. And the only way I work out in my mind to to sort of like work on the inside is to pray but I don't pray I'm a meditator myself but I'm reminded back in doctor's opinion again that the only thing I have now is to do a set aside prayer to set aside everything I think I know about agnosticism because Carol perhaps she came to scoff but you might remain to pray and I say well what is prayer and the big book will tell me throughout that we only say it, we ask Prayer is just we ask. And so I'm asking for an open mind and a new experience. I don't have to do anything else other than we ask and I ask. 
And I'm so grateful for this programme and I'm grateful to be on here and sharing this morning and thank you. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol G. And Larry, it's your turn. And Nessa R., you'll be up next. Good morning. Good morning, Sally. Um, thanks for your service. Larry K. recovered compulsive over a year. Um, to be doomed in alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. Um, I, I know somebody, I know many people, but I, I'm thinking of this one guy. Um, it wasn't a difficult alternative for him to face. I mean, he was, he was certainly an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. I mean, this guy could not, and a great guy, could not stay out of the alcohol. And, and he would get times of reprieve and so forth and go on about his life. But um, um, he's dead um, now. Um, he's been dead for a couple of years. Um, this disease took him. Um, it wasn't a, an e it wasn't a difficult alternative for him to face. Um, the spiritual aspect of this program, I remember talking to him, came to one of my daughter's performances um, in community theater, and I remember talking to him, and he had just come out of rehab and so forth, and we were talking um, about uh, the 12 steps, which he had been exposed to, but he just couldn't deal with the alternative, which was a spiritual alternative. See, he was raised in a family that was, um, you know, there's very rigid, in his, his words, kind of rigid adherence to certain faith, a certain faith, and he saw the hypocrisy in it all, and it was a very painful, painful time for him as a child, and he could just never really overcome that. Um, he's dead. He, he died. Um, he was about 50, I think. So too early to die. Um, you know, alcoholism killed him. You know, it took him. Good guy, good guy. He's dead. You might know some other people that are dead. This this disease will make you dead. Um, you know, I don't mean to sensationalize it. It's just the truth. You know, um, I'm not dead today. You know, I'm alive as far as I can tell. I um, I would have been dead. Um, I had to, I had a uh, an alternative to face because um, I I also had some disdain for kind of organized religion and again the hypocrisy of it all. But um, thank God, you know, step two, I came to believe these, I, I didn't come to these rooms to come to believe in some sort of, you know, form some sort of relationship with the higher power. I can assure you of that, but that is indeed what happened. That's why I am alive today. Um, so it, it is an alternative that we have to face. And, and let me never forget that this is a spiritual program of action. This is a spiritual program of action. It did save my life, and my life is bigger than ever, bigger than ever. It's not smaller. So very grateful, grateful for this alternative that I've chosen to, uh, to take. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. And Nessa R., it's your turn. And Janice, you'll be up next. Yeah. Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, like a number of people who have shared before me this uh, second paragraph in page um, on page 44 reminds me of the bottom paragraph on page 25 suggesting two alternatives. And there are two alternatives. Um, for me, um, I have two higher powers. One is the food and the other one is God. And every decision I make throughout the day, I make dozens of these decisions throughout the day, um, are either going to bring me closer to God or closer to the food. And they don't even have to involve food decisions like, am I going to weigh and measure my food? 
am I going to decide to have just one of this or a little bit of that? They don't have to be that obvious, but every decision is one of those decisions like, am I going to um, uh, answer the phone when somebody calls me for an outreach call? Am I going to um, sleep in and skip my meeting? Am I going to um, show change my time in prayer and meditation? Am I going to yell at my children instead of pausing and doing a step turnaround? Am I going to choose to be in self-pity or am I going to, uh, to help others? There's, there's myriads of these decisions that we make throughout that I make throughout the day, throughout the week. And, you know, it's all the same thing. You know, am I going to choose a mere existence, uh, a meaningless mere existence, or am I going to choose a full, joyful, meaningful life? You know, because uh, as we're going to read later on in the agnostics, you know, the way I say it, either God is everything or the food is, or the food is everything. Um, what is my choice to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Somebody's unmuted. Um, if you guys could all check to be sure that you're muted, it would be helpful. And Janice, you're up next. And Melissa, you'll be up right after that. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. And this paragraph, to me, just highlights the the... Step one and step two. Step one, I'm powerless. Step two, I need a power greater than me because I can't do it. You know, um, step one was the principle is honesty and step two, the principle is hope. So um, it says... um, uh, to one who feels he is atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. And that word seems, seems occurred in the foreword um, that we were 100 people who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless disease or something like that. So, um, you know, my mind thinks things that are not true. Um, And I've come to see how I really have to examine what I think. And um, and it seems it seems impossible, but when I look around and hear people on the line, I I can't believe my thinking because um, here, like right in front of me, um, are people who have recovered, and and their lives um, are 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 good. They say that they would never go back. And you know, when I was um, when I was eating, I was you know my my body was alive, but. I was spiritually dead and um and I could not stop eating and I I did not have uh any 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 life in me and and I wanted to have a spiritual awakening uh, you know I wanted 
a higher power, and I didn't know how to get it. And thank God, thank God I found I found um, vision for you. I found the steps. Um, I found a meeting where I could, where people were focusing on the spiritual aspect and and not so much focusing on on food and um, and the tools. And um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice B. And Melissa, you're up. Hi. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I, I laugh um, thinking about how how could this even be a, a decision that's difficult to make and, all, you know, two alternatives that are difficult when... Um, you know, and yet it was. One is to choose life, you know, and the other one is to die. And um, and I was walking around half dead and dying. And, you know, and that's, um, for me, the alternative uh, became crystal clear. I could not endure my suffering anymore. And so I had to, um, I had to let go. You know, I had like a death grip on the way that I saw things, and I had to, I had to open up my mind. I love, you know, yesterday when I heard people say agnostic is like without knowledge, that's been the whole basis of my spiritual awakening. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, um, and, there, and, I, and I have trust that the universe does, you know, and that I just need to play my part. Um, as best I can, and and have some sense of trust, you know. And the other thing is this this notion of spirituality, spiritual, is um you know it's being concerned with things other than the material, you know, other than um, the worldliness, and that's the exact opposite of the way that I was living and the way that I was eating. You know, I was all about the material. I would like to have said I wasn't. You know, if you would have asked me, am I a materialistic person, I would have said no. And yet, I couldn't get enough of whatever it was. And so, you know, to be a spiritual person is to stop being so consumed with me, my perspective, what I want, me, 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 and and become other-centered. And, um, you know, and it's... Simply for me, spirituality is the, my higher power is the opposite of my lowest weakness. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Melissa C. And uh, would anyone else like to share on this paragraph, or shall we go on? Tina S. Vasa O. Vasa O. Monica. Monica. Monica T. Okay, great. Let's take those three and then we'll move on. Tina S. Thanks, Sally, for your service. Sorry, I had to unmute. (laughs) Thanks for your service, Sally. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. And, you know, I I totally loved all the shares that I heard. And I remember when I first came to the program and I shared this before, you know, I thought this chapter did not apply to me. And I love that, you know, we without knowledge and 
because I was one of them. You know, and I initially, when I got here initially, you know, I thought I had this thing, this step step two down pat because I was raised Catholic and, you know, I had all kind of misconceptions about religion and spirituality. And uh, so therefore, you know, I really never thought that God would work in my life. And, um, you know, and, and the chapter di- didn't apply to me initially. And then I realized that I could start right where I was. And I heard heard this in the rooms. And, you know, wasn't really reading the book. It was just hanging out, trying to get it from you. And uh, and that didn't happen for me. And I'm not saying that it might not happen for you. I don't know. It wasn't my experience. And then, you know, I, I, I could stop being doomed and begin to live on a spiritual basis with instruction, you know. And, and what happened for me was I started acting as if. You know, and I wasn't faking it. I was acting as if, and I acted um, my way into right thinking. You know, and so therefore I was, I was, I was brought into a, a, a state of reasonableness where I could really accept what other people were sharing for me. And so then I started to have an experience that, you know, therefore this life was for me. And, uh, you know, and I just I love the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I love the Twelve Steps because it transformed me. You know. And even though the outside might somehow be the same, I am not the same by any means. And without a pass, thanks. Thanks, Tina. And Vasa, oh, it's your turn. Sally, did you call Vasa? I sure did. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was still muted. Um, But anyways, thank you for your service. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Florida. And uh, to one who feels he is an atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. And yes, I, I mean, I remember, I, 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 how could this be, be, be possible? I grew up in a very rigid religion home, and I also, also grew up in a country for 15 years of my life that was a communist. So um, I I think the communists had more influence to me than the religion, because we were thought there's no God, and uh, it just you know I wanted to believe like my friends, my teachers, and everything just changed. People were prosecuted for the religion, you know, and uh, so for me to believe, I felt I needed to to touch, to believe. And I had been so much into the food addiction for the 25 years of my life, and I was just so desperate, and I was just so willing. And I remember my sponsor said, you know, yeah, if you have a difficult time, just act as if, you know. And there's no, there was no alternative for me. You know, if I continued I was gradually dying physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Yes, I was alive, but I was dying gradually and in every area. But I was just so ready and willing to listen. And just as she said, it's okay. You know, if you you just have the willingness and act as if, you know. And I felt like I didn't want to die, so I better... You know, I better do what she tells me to, even if I need to act as if. It's okay, Vasa, you just surrender. We are not on the surrendering step yet, but I had no, I just felt like I was going to die, and if I didn't see what's written here in this big book, if I didn't 
take it seriously, and I was going to die. And I'm just so, so grateful that somebody gave me this big book, and I learned about the allergy, about the mental obsession, and how I needed to surrender to the 12 steps, the, you know, the, 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 the meetings, and my higher power. It was just the beginning. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And Monica T. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Florida. If he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety, and I was sitting here thinking, oh, my goodness, I was definitely in that boat when I came into OA, hopeless variety, you know, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And way in the beginning of the book, it says, we, the first 100, have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Now, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't see what I couldn't see. All I knew was that Monica kept falling into the same rabbit hole over and over and over again. I didn't see any way out. There wasn't any way out. There wasn't any light. I had tried. I spent decades trying to figure this out. And so I came into OA, and they say, we have a solution. We have a way out. There, You know, Monica, you don't have to walk directly into that rabbit hole. There's a path that goes around it, and you can learn to take that path. And there's, so the, what's the path, you know? I either go straight to be doomed into an alcoholic death, get into that rabbit hole, or I can take the fork in the road, and they're calling it a spiritual basis. And they're saying, that's the only two choices I've got, Monica. There's only two choices here. You continue falling into the rabbit hole and being miserable. Or take this other path here. And notice, Monica, there's no door number three. There's no path number three here. How free do you want to be? What do you want, Monica? And I have to keep asking myself that. What do you want, Monica? I want recovery. Well, then what are you willing to do for it? Well, you all say this works, and I can see something has worked with you all, and I'm, I'm hopeless here. I'm scared to death. This is killing me. I'm going to die. Well, Monica, are you, willing, are you willing to try? You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have it all figured out. Are you willing to just take the actions and do it? See what happens. Look at it as an experiment. See what happens, Monica. What do you have to lose? Wow, I'm so glad I decided to work these steps, and it's taken me out of that. God has given me new lenses, and I don't have to fall into that rabbit hole anymore. There's a better way, and it's such a wonderful way. And if you are on this line and you don't know and you're scared, there's a way out. And and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. And let's go forward. Lisa, I'm going to ask Lisa H. to begin reading. On the third paragraph of page 44, where it says, but it isn't so difficult. Lisa H. Sally? Yes, Lisa. Sorry, it's Lisa H. I was having trouble unmuting. I'm so sorry. That's really okay. Um, Go ahead, Lisa. Okay. Um Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship 
were exactly of that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that way with you. But cheer up, something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows us, shows that you need not be disconcerted. Um, thank you again. This is Lisa H. Um, gratefully recovered in Tennessee. And two things, um, two concepts stood out to me in this paragraph. And the first one is avoid, um, avoid the issue. You know, I tried for decades to avoid the issue um, that I might possibly be a compulsive overeater. I tried everything at, at, at all costs. I tried to avoid it. You know, I, by dieting and restricting and over-exercising. And I thought if I could make the outside look okay, then no one would know how sick the inside was. Um, and the second thing was um, finding a spiritual basis for life. And I, I thought I had a spiritual basis. You know, I went to church every Sunday my whole life. I went to Bible study and book study and volunteered at the church and um, did the, this and that. But the truth was, um, that I was so blocked from my higher power and, and my true self. Um, I, knew, I knew I had a God that was loving and forgiving, but I didn't know how to truly access that God um, because I was so numbed by the sugar uh, and the food. Um, when I um, put down my alcoholic foods and started working the steps, I found a new spiritual basis. Um, it was as if I was truly waking up for the first time in 50 years. I, have, I can't tell how many times I have said to my husband, I can't believe I'm just now waking up, that I'm actually seeing um, my part in things. Um, I now have a consciousness of God's presence that I have never known before. Um, and each day, you know, God is present if I seek him. If, if I provide space for God, if I, if I get out of the way, um, he'll fill it, and and I'm I'm so very grateful for that for that spiritual basis that I have today, um, thanks to OA and and thanks to AA. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa H. We'll have time for probably about three three shares. Please don't be concerned. We'll revisit this tomorrow. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Chelsea H. Chelsea. Linda R. Linda R. Janice M. Leah. Leah. Okay, let's do it. Chelsea. Chelsea H., your turn. Thank you, Sally. Thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater just for today. And I want to speak to this uh, sentence, our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. And I was um, disconcerted because thinking about whether or not I would be try to be converted or whether or not I was going to have to get involved in any religions, it threw me off balance. It, was, it would be an abrupt change, so that was disconcerting for me. But walking through the entire process, doing all the steps, doing what I was instructed to do, I had an experience that was sufficient enough to shift my thinking. 
and my experience found that this process could work for me too as an agnostic. The experience was such that following the work and not trying to get ahead of it and not trying to decipher it, and as was pointed out earlier, that um, all-important set-aside prayer. And for me, the um, serenity prayer played a great part because that to me is a prayer of action. And I also don't pray either. Meditation is my thing. But there's so many affirmations and things that are involved that I don't even need to know about that right now at this part of the work. Because I need to determine, am I this thing? And that preceding information gave me that uh, ability to make my self-diagnosis. And if I am, I have two alternatives here. I can either be doomed to an alcoholic death or I can live on spiritual basis, live on a spiritual basis. doesn't say a thing about converting to anything or being anything else. Continuing with the rest of the work and offering hope that I will be able to have the person that's working with me. I see what they have. I'll be able to have that too. I just, um, last year, I'm coming up on anniversaries here, and last year um, the matriarch of our family um, died of alcoholism. Uh, she lived with me for the months that she had left. This was a devout Christian woman. I was raised holy and sanctified. And I'm telling you, it made no difference because she never admitted that she was an alcoholic. So having both parts are required. Admitting that I'm this thing and then being willing to move on with the rest of the work. Either that or I'll be doomed to um, die. I'll eat myself to death. And no matter how religious I was or not religious I was, it made no difference at all. It has nothing to do with it. I cannot be, live on self-reliance. It hasn't worked. I cannot do that. Self has not worked. I have to have a power greater than myself. Lack of power, that's my dilemma. So I'm grateful today that this program's for anybody, and I still remain an agnostic, living in a solution a day at a time. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thanks, Charles. Linda R. Good morning, Sally. Thank you so much for your service today. This is Linda R., recovered in South Florida. The, the sentences, this paragraph for me is extremely powerful. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. Well, I've been around the program many, many years, and through step work and my ego reduction, my 11th step work each evening or in the morning, you know, sometimes I do it in the morning, and the reflection of my day, you know, my day, looking at my, you know, my resentments, my dishonesties. To me, I look at it as more of, as a checkup with, you know, it's an extended uh, fourth step inventory every day to do my, my checkup physically and spiritually. And this sentence really hit me because the issue, avoid the issue. So in the program, I have really learned to do transference from the step work, not only in my spiritual world, but in my physical world with people, places, and situations. And there are other issues that have come up in my life today that I have been avoided, avoiding. And because of this program and, you know, listening to the vision every day, I'm finally seeing the dishonesty and the denial about issues that are not my food issues or that are not my mental obsession issues. These are real life issues. And I just want to say God is in my life. He is enlarging as we speak, as I speak. And I have gotten this tremendous awareness. And that's what this program has done for me. And it's taken me a very long time. So if anybody's new to the program, this is a lifelong process. It's lifelong work and um, not a perfect journey. 
So I just want to share how grateful I am today that I have this awareness only but by the grace of God. Because God does for me what I can't do for myself. And these thoughts are really not from me. They are from him. And I am now in my life going to take an action on another issue that I have been avoiding. So praise the program, praise the fellowship, and thank you so much for allowing me to share today. Thank you, Linda R. Janice, you're up. And Leah, you'll be up you'll be our last speaker. Janice? Oh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Sally. Um my name thank you, Sally, and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M. And I'm from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, um, this is amazing, um, you know, especially for the newcomer. Um, anyone, anyone can start this program without any specific belief, or from that matter, without any belief whatsoever, as long as at this point in, in the program, this is step two, came to, doesn't say we have to believe in anyone, anything, it doesn't give a name, it says a power. And if you are convinced, like I was convinced, well, you know, I was convinced, but I didn't know about this power or whatever else because I didn't have, I had a belief, but I didn't, you know, it didn't work for me. The, the thing is that I, if I need a power, do I need some, something other than myself? Because, see, my intellect, my thinking, got me here, and that was pretty, you know, I did a lot of work, I did a lot of research, and it still didn't work. So, you know, my reliance on me did not work, because, yeah, I had a supposedly higher power in my life, but I was still playing to be that higher power. So we have to come to the conclusion, at least I did, um, <clears throat> don't worry about the name of a higher power or who it is or try to understand. If you need a higher power, other than yourself, because if that worked, then you don't really need a higher power. But if my way didn't work, which it didn't, then I have to look for another higher power. And this is what this choice of a program, choice to, to be in recovery instead of continuing in the disease, because those are the alternatives. But I can choose one or the other. So if I choose recovery, like you people that I have seen in the program and heard and believe this book, then I'm going to choose their, their path. And, of course, the path to recovery is the 12 steps. Then a higher power of my own understanding, whatever, whoever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, is going to emerge. And that power is going to give me strength to live daily without the obsession and without the phenomenon of craving of the allergy of the body. So don't worry about it. It's not it doesn't have to be any troublesome thing. It's just like just trust this process and we're on a journey because it says came to believe. Came to. You're going to come to a belief in a power greater than yourself as long as it's not still you. And with that I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And we're out of time and um want to thank all of our all those who have shared this morning and invite those um who would like to please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. And we will now close our meeting and of course um I'm going to ask Martha Z to read for us from page one sixty four. 
and then we'll go to the serenity prayer. Martha Z, read for us um, a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Sally. Can you hear me? I sure can. Thank you. Thank you for your loyal service. Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from near Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.